Okay, people, who do you think it is? Of course, it's me. Um, today, good lord, um, there's going to be a series of series, if you will, um, that I'll be doing that's going to be very high end, um, thought processes, but it's going to be about all about the brain and different parts of the brain, how they work. I'll give you some insight into a lot of my little, some of my little secrets about um, how I think differently, um, why, what makes it up, what I know, a few tricks that you can use, um, and give you a little bit of insight into some of the psychological um, aspects of the military that I did when I was in there. I did interrogation in PSYOP, basically psychological operations. And so we learned quite a bit in there. Um, and basically today I'm not going to be talking about more about the, not my experiences as much as the science behind what was happening and how the brain works. Once we get a good idea about that, then we can move forward. Um, but this is going to be probably a two part series or a very long one part series. So that's where we're going to today. We're going to talk about different parts of the brain, how your sense data being any of your senses. Okay. The data that you get from your smell or your feel or any of your senses and how that can be false most of the time and how this entire world that we perceive is not anything like we see it or is it the thing is you don't know and by the time i get halfway done with this you will understand and either thank me or be very mad at me for pulling the wool over um, or off your eyes because you're going to literally know in, in your head that you're not seeing what you thought you've been seeing. So uh, if you don't want your entire world to be shattered, then you might want to turn this off now because what you're going to hear and then what you're going to see and what you're going to understand is going to be against everything that you've known for your entire life. And most people can't do it with a banana and them being wrong. So the, with entire reality, it's very powerful. So please don't pay attention because you cannot unlearn it. Okay. It's not something you're going to forget. Um, it'd be something you remember for the rest of your life. And it's so powerful that not only will you know it for the rest of your life, but you'll never look at things the same way after this podcast ever again. And that's a bold statement, but that that's how it's going to be. So it's a, that's the warning. If you don't want your mind blown, if you don't want to ruin this matrix that you're living in, please do not listen because I don't want to hear your whiny pussy asses fucking saying, oh my God, you ruined my life because... You made me a paranoid schizophrenic or like I, meaning of life is all different now and life isn't worth living or some shit. I don't care. I gave you the chance to get off.
So for all of you psychonauts that are still on, we're going to begin. Uh, we're going to kind of get down to business because it's a long, drawn-out thing. Um, second of all, I need to make sure that everybody has brought their mental thinking cap because we're going to do some exercises that is going to stretch um, not only your... You're going to have to be patient and you're going to have to have a good imagination because I'm trying to explain something in auditory and in a, um, by speaking and by also having you visualize something that I'm saying that is or isn't reality. So as you can see, that can get really tricky. So I have to use parallels or in some cases I'll use um, comparables. Okay. Or because examples are not good enough. They, they don't exist. So I'm going to use comparisons. Um, so we're, we're going to do some, some kind of long drawn out visual seeing. What I mean by that is by when I ask you to close your eyes and for you to visualize something. Okay. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time, when I ask you to do this, I will give you instructions every part of the way. Please don't jump ahead or think that you know what is coming next. Okay. Don't open your eyes until I say open your eyes. Don't close your eyes until I say close your eyes. And don't think outside of what I'm saying. Okay. And what that means is I'm not telling you what to think. I need you to think what I'm saying because it's a comparison or a comparable or it, you're going to have to use the imagination. And if you're ahead of me, then you've already ruined what or could have ruined what I'm about to tell you to imagine because you're already tried to take some steps ahead. And some of you can't not, not do that because that's what your brain does. So, and you'll understand what I'm saying by the end of this. And by the end of this, you should know that you know less Okay, you're not going to, you're going to know more, but you're going to know that you know less, if that makes any sense. And why? Because I'm going to tell you why. I'm doing this because nothing interesting begins with knowing. Okay. It begins with not knowing. Let me say that one more time. Nothing interesting begins with knowing. It begins with not knowing. See what I mean? Okay. You get to learn. You get to, it's the not knowing. But also the not knowing is the scariest thing in the human existence. And this is why. So I'm going to start with a question that I'm going to ask all of you. And I want you to answer it inside your head, inside you. Be very, very honest. And that question is, what is your greatest fear? Now think about that for a second. 
kind of close your eyes and think about it. You don't have to visualize it. Just think about it. I don't want all the distractions of your eyes open. So if you close your eyes and just think about one, the biggest fear you have. And, you know, they, they're very, they're not as wide range as you think they are. Not being not wanted, the fear of being less than you're capable of, the fear of disappointment, the fear of um, failing, the feel, fear of many things. And you see that when you have your eyes closed, You know that uneasy feeling that you want to open your eyes really quickly because why? It's not impatience or ADHD. It's fear of the dark. Okay? You're scared of the dark. And what that really means, it's not just a boogity boogity boo in the dark, you know? That darkness symbolizes, recognizes, and is in um, direct equality to what we call uncertainty, not knowing, the in unknown, okay? That is the brain's worst enemy, making it your scariest thing. You literally hate not knowing. You hate uncertainty. Now, as our evolution as humans, we evolved to deal with this unknown. But the evolution didn't solve it. It tried to make it normal. And to be honest with you, it is one of the biggest sources of emotional stress is not knowing or the unknown. And that actually has a direct lead into what is one of our, if you have to kind of go on the opposite side of that and ask, what is one of our greatest desires? Now think about that. Okay, you got that, which is one of your desires. Now, sometimes a lot of these are directly the opposite or the same as the, our fears. Usually the opposite. If you fear of the unknown or not being loved, then your desires to be loved. Okay. Now... During the evolution of the human species, if you look at it as the evolution of the humans, what they did, like I said before, was they evolved to adapt or to deal with the unknown. And then what they, the human brain did was to make it normal, which is kind of weird because what you think is normal then would not truly be normal, right? It had, it had adjusted it to make it normal. 
And this has been happening all your life. So the human brain by itself started to evolve to solve that problem and not even solve it. Um, to basically it did it and it is predicting old information. And what I mean by that is it looks back upon what it, you've done before. It looks upon the past to the past for the information. So it predicts, it takes that information and says, oh, you've done this before. Say like the stove be, being hot. Your mom says, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Well, okay, there comes a time in everybody's life where they're going to go and touch that stove. Um, and they're going to find out it's hot, and they're going to pull it away, go, ow, maybe cry a little bit, and uh, then they're going to realize that that's not a good idea. They might not realize mom was right, but they're going to realize that the stove is hot, and they know what that means, and it hurts, and they don't want it to happen again, unless they're masochists. Now, what happens the next time? You get next to a stove that's on. You feel the heat. Your brain remembers that that caused pain last time. Okay, so it goes back in its memory. Find, and it says pain, pain warning, rule of Robinson, warning. Okay, that's exactly what it does. So that's the remembering of old data. Okay. The same thing with the sound, same thing with all your senses, pretty much. Feel. Now, that's why I say that sense data, all this data that you get from those senses, okay, all these are pretty much entirely meaningless. And what I mean, you know, you're probably going, you're fucking insane. Well, if you think about it, like I've just explained it, it's useful to have that information. Right? But it's not meaningful. And at the same time, this doesn't come with some weird set of instructions from China or something. You know, the little booklet that you read. It doesn't tell you what to do or what it's doing or what it's doing without your permission or without you ever knowing. But that's what I'm here for. I'm going to tell you what that brain of yours is doing and you don't even know it. So basically the brain has evolved in the human species to protect it, okay? At all costs to protect the human body. And this is why it does such things. And it doesn't ask your permission. It doesn't let you know you're doing it. It's doing it. It just predicts things. It just does it. It just goes by itself and does this. You perceive it as being data that has been patternistic or happened over again and therefore it becomes your biased reality right you think you thought it but you thought wrong okay
So since we as human species has, we evolved to predict old information that we've gotten from our senses. And that is why, like I said, I say that it's, we don't see, feel, or hear anything that truly is truly, truly there. So the human brain evolved, we evolved, um, the humans evolved to basically to protect, the human brain protects the human body. And that is its goal. Everything that you see right now, me up here talking, you look around, all the things that you see, not everybody is seeing these the same way. People could be colorblind for easy existence, uh, so they would see different colors. Um, and that's not even, that's just not even close to what we, that's a defect, that's colorblindness. And I, but that's their reality until they're told not. Um, and then we never know how. I had a brother that was colorblind, and he was colorblind. He's, uh, you know, it's not like you grow out of it, but the colorblindness, he got, he was a colorblind. There's a couple different kinds of colorblindness, but his was to switch the brown and the green around. Okay. So what was green was brown to him his entire life. So if you imagine a world where all the grass was brown and not this lush, nice green color, would you really say or understand just the small little concept of when people say, which they say a lot, the grass is greener on the other side? That would make no sense to you ever. The grass is brown, for God's sakes. What are these people talking about? Okay. How many times have you heard the grass is greener on the other side? Now imagine if every time somebody said that, like you thought it was purple. Or violet, sorry. Purple is a color made up by Crayola for their crayons. Really. It's a little tidbit of information. I mean, that could perceive, be perceived reality that could change the bias of the human existence for its entire life, and probably does. I mean, if you didn't see that the, you couldn't enjoy lush green grass, and instead, it was the soggy, wet shit that you found attractive, it could be a, tra a strange new world right for you. Okay. And then... To be honest with you, even if somebody else noticed it, okay, like we did for my brother, he brought home some corduroys and he asked us how we liked his brand new green corduroys. And we laughed, thought he was joking. And he was dead serious. And we're like, do you know what color those are? And he's like, yeah, they're, you know, green. They were fucking brown as day or opposite, whatever. It doesn't matter. So now at that moment, I, it was probably the first time he ever heard that that was happening. To him, we were fucking with him. 
to him, he thought, they're just playing a joke or they're all in on it and they're just messing with me. Because that's what siblings would do. But, I mean, in how many other times is this situation going to come up where somebody's going to actually sit around and talk about it? Okay? It doesn't happen. People are too much of pussies to tell somebody they're wrong for too long, unless it's about religion or like the president or something. But it really is a something they would never know. They always see it as right. Why would it be wrong? And then when people say that it's wrong, they won't believe them anyway, right? Because they know better. They must be high on something, some gateway drugs or something. Like, so you would never know. So then they wouldn't even miss it. If you never knew what green, the, the lush grass looked like, then you're not missing it. And if you can't see it, it's not like we could ever show it to a blind person now, could we? We could compare it to something, but we could compare, we'd have to find something to compare it to. What do you compare lush green grass to look like except the lush green grass? You can't say, oh, it's as pretty as the, you know, what, the yellow sun? That's not going to work either. They're like one's hot and one's like it's not gonna work. So that's how different. Like imagine how many parts of his life are affected by the biases that he has due to the way he perceives color in certain things, and it's a whole different world for him. That's crazy thought process, and that's with just something small like, or something like colorblind there's a couple different like four different kinds of colorblindness and that's just not even touching the top of the thing about that's with an actual defect inside the human existence we're talking not i'm talking core it's worse than that what we're not perceiving is reality that's not because that's for all of us it's that perceived perpetual reality that we're living in, yeah, pretty much. So you bet that everybody's is going to be different. You have to agree that everybody's perceived perceptual reality is going to be entirely different than the next person's. So you got billions of people running out around here seeing not the same thing, having different perceived realities about something that we don't know what the true reality looks like. Do we now? So now that's trouble. Now, this perceived perpetual reality do you think Well, even if you bet your life on it, you'd be wrong. So, because when they're exactly, they're all different, but they're exactly the same different, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is, as colorblind people, the ones that have the same affliction of the brown and the green, 
their perceptions on certain things will be the same. But not all because of what their upbringing, their thought processes, their biases, their belief systems, what's been ingrained in them. That is going to change the way they perceive not only the color, but what the color represents and everything that could have happened to that. So, as you can see, that just because we're a species of humans means nothing that, we, that we're the same. Actually, we're so entirely individual that we're one of a kind almost. So when I say that we're all the same, exactly the same, but we're different in and that's only in our physical reality, okay? And and now for something else that is very scary to the humans, and that is change. The humans were, did not start out as creatures of habit or the creatures of desperately seeking patternistic things becoming patternistic themselves. They weren't originally like that. And that's for survival purposes because being on a put on a planet like this that we don't have any natural weapons to fight against the things that are here, we would get beat up by a squirrel or like a squirrel would kick our asses, you know, unless we had a weapon. Like, other than that, we were put here with no natural weapons to fight against the things that are here. So apex predators, we are not, unless we have weapons, which your brain made those weapons. Uh, we'd been eaten by lions a long time ago because we couldn't defend ourselves. Now the change... The change comes from starting with the sight and the memory. Change is what? Just the word change means something that's outside the ordinary. If you if something changes, you know it's changed because it's not normal. It's not what's usual happenings. Now this might blow your mind. Now, in this change, the sight, that's what we call your perceived reality. With change, do you think the meaning of that information changes? Not the information itself change, the meaning of the information to you. If you can't make that, like that, like if you can't, if you don't understand what I just said, think of it like what you're seeing is the historical significance of the data 
not the data itself. So you're seeing a historical, you're seeing the history of the data, not the data itself. Okay. Got me? Everybody following? Not too bad. Okay. Now, what that means also is that our individual histories gives you all of, and when I say all, all of your assumptions and biases, okay? Whatever your history might be influences your assumptions and biases, okay? Which then in turn is what produces your perceived reality. As I talked to you before about worldview, it's the same thing. Your perceived reality is based on your assumptions and biases, which is based on historical data coming from that's not real data. So everything that you know is not real. Okay, kind of blow the load in the beginning, but that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Now you understand what I'm saying. Can you even conceptualize what you cannot ever have seen? So you don't know what anything truly is. So therefore, can you conceptualize that you don't know it? So you should be able to understand it's safe to say you've never seen what's in front of you. You have never seen what there truly is here in time and space. You don't know what reality truly is. You live in a false reality. Now that's really fucked up, right? Well, you would think, and I know you guys are still kind of probably thinking about being blown away by what I just told you, but your next thoughts should be along the lines of, well, holy crap. How do we survive in a place, a world, of which we don't even see to, as it truly is? How do we move around? How do we even survive in a place that we don't see? And that is the scary part. When we get to that, and you, I tell you, you're going to have a little bit of a coronary fit, but not until later, much farther down the road here. I've got some more of your mind to blow here. Now, Getting back to repeating the last thing I said so you have that fresh. You're seeing the historical significance of data, not data itself. So every, like your sense data. Got it? Now, you understand what that means. But also, this means is that our history, individual histories, 
all our assumptions and biases. That's what history gives you. Because your brain functions on a structural physical manifestation of your past interactions with the entire world and not just your history. Not just your history, but the entire world. But this is the history of not only yourself, but it would only go away to go to show that to the history of your family, to the history of your culture itself, to your evolutionary history. Now that changes literally and figuratively the entire world. That concept, that statement that you know now is true, is true for the entire world. It's evolutionary history of the planet as we know it since we've been on it. Boo. That's some scary shit. Now, my next statement is going to be kind of harsh um, but it kind of funny um, but really true and you're going to have to let this sink in because it probably might not make sense the very second you hear it are you ready most of your life happened without you being there Now, I'm going to give you about two minutes to think, so I'm going to sit in silence. And I want you to think about what I just said. And I'll repeat it once. Most of your life happened without you even being there. Okay, I think that's long enough for you guys to sit there and think about it. Not really. You could do that for an entire lifetime because that's exactly that's exactly what it that's exactly what it would be as an entire lifetime. Because you've lost your entire lifetime. Your entire lifetime isn't as you know it. And yep, I know. Crazy, huh? But moving on, we'll let you think about that on your own time. We've got much more to cover. Now, if every most of your life has happened while you weren't there, then if everything you're doing is grounded in your bias that you come from or your history then it means you yourself can actually change 
what it is that you see simply by changing your biases. Now, I saw some of you. I lost some of you right there. Okay. If it's your biases that make your historical data, your history of data, which is wrong, then if you, it would only come to show that if you change your biases, you can change the future. Okay. If you start now, then you could change your biases, which would then therefore change the way you perceive or see things. Right. So I'm going to allow that for blowing all that out of proportion and fucking with your entire reality. I'm going to show you a little something to better combat that with. Or for you to understand, there's more levels to this than you can ever imagine. So we're going to do some experiments. And these experiments are going to be kind of um, building upon each other. So be careful um, with... jumping ahead like i said you i will walk you through each step of it um and if you try to stay true to what it is that you hear me saying then things will be fine if you jump ahead then you've already ruined um, and it won't have that same effect i know what it is that you're going to think because i'm going to tell you how it is i but it's going to be so different for everybody because everybody's so individualistic about what their biases are, their historical, that when they make up something in their head, it's going to be different than everybody else's. Um, be it if they're colorblind, be it if they're dyslexic, be it if whatever. And I will give an example because I saw I saw so many people like just go glossy eyed. But this example is very good. But you have to really give stretch imagination here and listen closely. So close your eyes, everybody. Don't open them until I say open them. Close your eyes. And I want you to physic well, pretend to physically draw. Maybe you're, since it's dark in there and you're in total darkness, but you're not scared of the dark yet because I'm continuing to talk. It's when you're left alone in the dark that you get scared. So I'm going to keep talking so you don't get scared and jump out. So in your vast vastness out there pretend that you have a a light pen and i want i want you to be able to draw something okay and so raise up your light pen okay everybody get it ready now i want you to draw with your light pen and i want you to draw a triangle. Okay. So everybody draw. I don't care what kind of triangle. If it's a, a right angle or isosceles. It could be whatever triangle you want. Just draw a triangle. Okay. Everybody draw their triangle. Now keep an eye on your triangle. So keep your eyes shut. And look at that triangle. Okay. Now. Some of you, most of you just drew a flat triangle. I don't know, probably 2%, maybe not even anybody drew a four, three-dimensional triangle. But by the showing of hands, I could tell exactly 
what you drew because you were holding your hands up drawing. So I can tell who did what. Okay. Now it also gives way to, well, I'll explain it. So I simply give you the directions to draw a triangle. You drew a triangle. You still have your eyes shut, please. Now, imagine your triangle starts to slowly spin. Okay? Like, kind of like a, I don't know, any, just it spins on its axis. Okay? So you now have a triangle and it's spinning. See how it spins? Pretty cool, huh? kind of like a top okay now really look at it spinning pay attention okay now make sure you have a good idea about what I'm about to ask you right now now is it spinning from left to right or right to left Okay, I need you to have that answer in three, in two, in one. Open your eyes. Okay, now, after doing this experiment, remember what you saw. Now, how many people draw a three-dimensional triangle? So, we have flat earthers here. So, flat, flat triangles, right? Okay. Now... How many people drew their triangle up in the air when I told you to draw a triangle? They lifted their hand above their head, usually that's how they draw, and drew the triangle. How many? Okay. Now, this is a perfect example. Now, how many people drew the triangle like it was on the piece of paper on their desk? Okay. Now, out of the people that had drawn the triangle up in the, like in the air, what perceived position were you looking at as the triangle was spinning? What I mean by that, were you looking down upon the triangle? What was your perceived direction? Were you looking up at the triangle? Or were you looking straight at the triangle? At the same time, I want the people that wrote or drew the triangle on the desk to give me the same thing. How did you see the triangle? Now, it would be a lot more adamant or a lot more understanding for um, maybe for these ones that did it on their desk. Because this study doesn't go and sh it shows too many different weird anomalies because it's not all the same. So you would think by, if you thought about it, that the people that drew their triangle on the desk would see that triangle from a position of above it. 
So their perceived reality of that triangle should be looking down upon it when they saw it because they are physically looking down at their paper. So you would be coming from a perspective from above it. Now, how many of that, how many of that was true for you guys? Okay, see? Now, for the people that drew theirs in the air, if you pay attention to your movements, you'll see that most likely your hand has risen above your head because you're sitting down. It's kind of like raising your hand when you want me to call on you. And then you draw the triangle. So, in essence, unless you did it straight out in front of you, which there are going to be some of those, you drew the triangle above yourself. So you had to perceive a notion of having to look up at it. So your triangle would be, you would be looking up at your triangle, not down at your triangle or across at your triangle. So you see how all these, just by the way you put the triangle in the light, you light drew your triangle. Where you put that triangle is by the decision you made of how it is that you were going to draw that triangle. I just said draw a triangle in the air with your eyes shut. Okay, some of you chose to do it on the desk, like it was on paper. Why you made that decision is your, like, figure that out. People that drew it in the air, why did you do it that way? Okay. Uh, some of you are probably going, who fucking cares? Well, it goes to show that many different perceived realities and the same thing. And you better bet that that perception allows you to see things differently than everybody else. If you perceived it as being from on top, it's so much different than if it's on the bottom. Okay. And if you don't understand that, let me make it simple for everybody. If you've ever gone, which I probably, you probably haven't, but if you've ever seen of the Giza pyramids or any pyramid that's in three dimensions for that fact, for that matter. Okay. So you're at Giza looking at these monstrosities of, of uh, pyramids. In three dimensions, you know they are. Now, at any one time as a physical human being, if you were to look at that pyramid, how many sides of that pyramid, at its size compared to your size, how many sides of that pyramid do you think you could see at one time? If you don't know how big the pyramids are, this might be a bad thing, but you would only be able to see one if you're smack dab in the wrong place. You don't, it's just too big. You want, you're outside your perception of you. If you were at the one precise point of where two of the sides came together and you were at that corner, if you will, then you would have a perception of two sides. Okay. What went from one, if you were smack dab in the middle of one of them, you could only see that one side and you would swear that it only had one side. It was one big triangle. 
okay, you would be wrong. And then you move over to the corner where now you can see both sides or two sides, okay? So your perception is different than the person that's sitting and saying they swear it's one and you're saying, no, no, it's two. And they're going, uh-uh, and you're going, uh-huh, okay? Now, if you were on the ground moving around, just at your size and the size of the pyramids, there's no other vantage point that you could get to to see any more sides than that. Except, and now you're forgetting one whole side. Like, there's four sides to that. And you're like, wait a minute, a triangle has three sides. Well, let's do that closing of the eyes again, okay? Now, close your eyes. Imagine the pyramid in a three-dimensional, like a three-dimensional pyramid. Now, imagine that transforms into the Giza pyramids. So, you're looking at the Giza pyramids. Okay. Now, I have given everybody in their seeing space, in their, in their closed-eye state, I've given you these boots. These boots allow you to fly. Okay, but they only apply, allow you to go straight up. You can't go anywhere else. So go ahead and hit your ignition wherever it is, and up you go. Okay, now you're above the tr above the pyramid. Now look down at your pyramid, and now you see all the sides. Well, most of the sides, right? How many of the sides do you see now? All right. Now you see what? All four sides? Anybody else? Everybody else? All four sides? All four sides. Are there any sides that you don't see? That's where you're wrong again. Take your boots off. Get back down here. You fail. Okay, now open your eyes. Okay, what you didn't see, you thought you saw all the sides now. I told you once you were seeing one side, it was wrong. Once you were seeing two sides, it was wrong. I never showed you three. When I showed you four, you thought they were all there. But what happens to the bottom side? You never saw that. And that's a side two. So much of what we see, perceived thought, perceived seeing, perceived perceptual reality through history is incorrect. Okay? Everything you're seeing is from a perceived reality of which is wrong. And therefore, you're not seeing what's truly there. You didn't even think about that side on the bottom now. You imagine what could be on that side of the bottom. Imagine your entire world if you only thought the triangle had one side. The triangle had four sides. The triangle really had five sides. And that's as far as we go into looking at it. We don't even go that far. Okay. So again, reiterating the fact of this. Now, I'm going to get back to if you remember and your brain hasn't forgotten what I told you to remember. Um, when I asked you to make this triangle rotate, okay, do you remember which way it was rotating? By a show of hands, I want everybody to raise their hand if the triangle was rotating from left to right 
Now this should be most of you. Right? Don't be ashamed if it's not you. I myself am dyslexic. I'm not going to tell you if that has any bearing on this, but I would love to because I'm doing a test as I'm testing you and showing you. I'm getting the data from you guys to see and test my other theories. And so most of you rose your hand saying that you saw as we read from left to right, as everything that we know, if we spin a top, if we do whatever, spinning things go from left to right. Reading things go the same way from left to right. Okay? It's just normal. When the water goes down the fucking thought the thing, it goes from left to right. Okay? Does it go from right to left in Australia? We want, like, does it go the other way because of gravity? Mm-hmm. So, your perception of your, you made it into happening, okay? You made this thing happen with your mind, and, and the first thing that you did was make it spin from left to right, because that's what you know. It's what you were taught. That's what you know. That's what's normal. Now, for anybody, I won't make you raise your hand and be abnormal, but I'll see you after class, because I want to talk to you. Being a dyslexic, we read from right to left. Do you think dyslexic people then spin things that way? Do you think if this person was dyslexic and I told them this, they would make a spinning triangle from right to left? Think about it. I don't want you to ask the person. You can't ask me because I'm not. I'm not. Exceptions to rules because now also think about this for all the dyslexic people out there and for all the non-dyslexic people, you can't conceptualize how we read. You can't conceptualize how we do things. You can assume that you know, but you will never know. Now, what the, the special thing about us is what we've done to fit into your world is to been able to trick ourselves. At least I did very well. Um, and most of us have to do it because we wouldn't survive. Um, but we have to trick ourselves or retrain ourselves to read your way. So that means we have to go back and we almost, and when I say trick ourselves, it's because we do it and we've made it so that it happens instantaneously without us knowing. Because we need to catch up and stay as quick as you guys are because we're always slow, because we're, we've got to do it twice. We got to do it our way, and then we have to do it your way, All right? And then we have to check it to make sure we didn't slip. And then we have to check that to make sure that we didn't slip slipping. Because to us, it will always look wrong. We know it as wrong, no matter what. It's in the, our core heart of hearts. We know it's wrong because everything that we know of it is right to left. Everything you know of it's left to right. But we have to fake ourselves into thinking that it really is left to right instead of right to left, even though we know it's right to left. But we are constantly saying, well, we better check that, make sure that we did it right or we're going to get it wrong. But it's really wrong right because we know it's right. So how do you start to measure 
what's wrong and right when it gets very confusing. The dyslexic knows that it, what's correct to him in its heart of hearts is right to left, but has to survive and fit in. So he learns to read left to right. But his conscious is saying that if he tries to check his work because he doesn't want to fail, like that he has to check it. But how would he know that he's checking it correctly? And it comes down to he knows he's checking it correctly if he's incorrect about it. Incorrect about what he knows to be correct is right to left. Yeah, it's a fucked up world we live in. And that's just dyslexia. That's that's just like, whoa. Yeah, for you guys, you don't understand it. Just me talking is making you confused. Imagine living in a world like that. And for all your dyslexic people, I, I, I feel for you. Okay. So now you made this this thing spin your biased way. Okay. So it only goes to show if the biases, the history, the patternistic things, the history, the perpetual history, the patternistic history of your biases your perceptions, your false perceptions. It would only go and make sense that if you wanted to change, let's say, this outcome or change your perceived reality, that you could do so, but what would you have to do? Would you have to go back and change everything you know? No, not specifically, but you would have to know what it is that you had to change and what that change that you would have to make is your biases. You would have to change what your biases are. So if you know what they are, the bias says everything's right to left or left to right. If you know it to be that way, then you have to change the bias that makes you think that way. So you think differently and think a different way. And I know uh, that's got to be a confusing concept to think of without having any physicality to it. But truly all you have to do is change your assumptions. Change your assumptions, change your... Okay? And that's kind of like flipping. So everybody close their eyes again. Bring back your triangle. If you have to draw it again, draw it again. Spin your triangle. And after me saying that, you're, all your triangles are spinning the same way again. Okay? Why? Because we didn't change the bias. We just talked about it. And that's not good enough for you to change it. So you automatically went and put your triangle spinning the same way again. Not thinking differently. So now that I'm saying, as you're watching it spin, you know, now with your mental power, with your force, with your juju, whatever you want to call it, I want you to slowly slow down that triangle till it comes to a complete stop and you saw it as in the first time you drew it. And now slowly, slowly, slowly make it spin the other way. 
I know some of you mental peons can't do that, but it's, then don't worry about it. So now see how you flipped it. You could get it. Now flip it upside down. Okay, you can do many things with it. But now it's going the other way. But you find yourself having to concentrate very hard on it if you were a left to right person and now it's going left right to left because it'll go back. Now just imagine us dyslexics, okay? So just by changing at will what your biases were, you made it go the other way. Now, I know you saw the original rotation from right to left. Now, what I'm going to tell you about what you guys just did is another one of these mind-blowing aha moments or wow moments, as I call them, or mom upside down, whatever. And it goes like this. You started off this exercise by doing what I asked and drawing a triangle. Most of you drew a flat triangle that was not three-dimensional triangle. Okay? Then when I asked you to make it spin, your mind made it spin to your biases from whichever way it went. And it started spinning in your head. Now, get this. What you are seeing started out, what you're seeing is a rotating triangle is not correct. You're first looking at an animation. Okay, unless you were literally watching real, like, Giza pyramids run around, but you weren't. You were looking at a flat 2D object in space flip around. But it started from you drawing a picture of a triangle. Now, what I'm saying is that you're seeing an animation of what you originally drew. You're seeing the animated object of what you truly just drew, and it becomes animated by moving. Now, you're probably like, who gives a shit, and why does this matter? Well, animations are simply a bunch of still pictures or slightly different images Okay, so it's a series of these, a series of still images that are slightly different from each other. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, remember if you ever did in high school or still to this day, we make those, we made those little like stick figure things at the, like on our corners of our book papers and you flip it and made the little stick dude move around and made a little animation as you flipped it, the stick person would move. That's an animation. It is animated still pictures like you drew on the corners, 
And if you flip them, it goes fast enough. Each one of those animations are a little bit different, making it look like it's moving. You see that? So again, on top of everything else, you made motion happen from still pictures. So it's not really moving at all. You just made it move with your mind. Uh huh. Isn't that crazy? And crazier is it got all that information from a flat two dimensional object. Okay. So. I'm even going to hit you with some bigger ones. like So this is going to build off of that. So you, I know it's going to be mind-blowing. But I'm taking it a step further with you. What it actually is doing when that happens, your brain, is your brain is taking that small change, the small picture change, and what it's doing is it's making you see or you're seeing the meaning of the change and not the change itself. You got it? Your brain is taking those small changes in those little pictures you drew. And it's seeing the meaning of the change, not the change itself. It's seeing what happens when you do something, put speed to it and flip it. It makes it move. So it's actually seeing the meaning of it, but it's not seeing what the data is. It's not seeing what it really is. Okay. So you're perceiving them to move. In one way or the other. And how you think about that is how you're going to see it, how that perceived biases are, is going to see how you see it. Now imagine this wasn't just as simple as I was trying to put it in a triangle in your head. Because that's that was an example I was showing you so it was easy to see. You have to have somebody walk you through seeing something that's not there. And then why? As I've done that. Now, imagine those correlate to everything in your life, which they do. So, those conflicts that you have about that right now is going to make all the difference in the world. And what that means is, is, is this, this is an example of what is externalized into what you think is a reality and you put onto not just objects, but people. that you decide 
how many of these conflicts you decide what perceptual biases or assumptions that you put on them, okay? As I showed you, you can make these. And I showed you also that you don't make them, okay? But now you think these are what? Going to stay inside your head? They stay in the little big vastness of your head? No. Hell no. They don't. They escape like everything else. And what does this mean? What does this mean? You're going to be scared when you know what this means. And what this means is you let it out. You take those biases and those assumptions and you don't just put them on triangles, but you put them on other objects in your false reality, like people. There would be no other way. Your entire lifetime has been putting these on everything. Hence, shaping a world that is incorrect that you made yourself almost. You made yourself only because you weren't seeing as it's truly there. Now, I know this is a lot to take in, and there's lots of wow factors here, but... Now, I'm going to show you uh, even a further look into the unknown. And this is where it gets really scary. So if you don't, if you're just, this is too much for you, you can leave now. Because it's about to get a lot worse. Okay. I've always told you that we're uh, creatures of emotions, the humans. That's what the aliens, what we study. The aliens study emotions. Because they don't have them. Okay. Now, this emotional state of which you have, you put these emotions on every living thing. And, believe it or not, every non-living thing. And you're probably saying, what? I don't have emotions toward a block of cement. I'm going to show you differently. Simply by thinking differently, you will understand. So, we're going to do an experiment, another one of these close your eyes experiments. Okay, now this is kind of a longer drawn out one, so keep your eyes shut until I tell you to open them, and be imaginative, okay? We're going to stay with the triangles, okay? And we're going to throw in a circle, okay? So, close your eyes. Okay, you got a blank space there. Now, first of all, off in the distance of the space in your head, way over there where you can't touch or barely see, but you do see, you see a square that's flat, and there's a dot or a circle in there. That's all you see, a dot or a circle inside a square. Got it? The square is much bigger. Imagine it's like looking at an overview of 
mm, a, a human, let's say a GPS sig- satellite signal from way above into space, you see down and you see in a room. Okay, so you would see like a rectangle. It would be represented like a rectangle. And then the dot would be the person, okay, from ahead, from above. Okay, imagine it like that. So off to the distance, you would see that little circle inside a room or whatever. Got it? And that's off in the distance. But more importantly, you see two triangles. One triangle is bigger than the other. Okay. Now, triangles are completely meaningless shapes and for the most part just sitting there they don't do anything in so we're going to put them in motion okay and we're going to give them gender i know it's going to be a different kind of thing too so you don't jump ahead or you've already gone wrong so you have these two triangles, one bigger than the other. They're starting to move around. And they're two girls. Not physical girls. You don't see girls as in a short miniskirt or girl, anything like that. The triangles are girls. Their gender is female is what I'm trying to say. Don't ask why, just listen. You have two female gendered triangles one bigger than the other moving around got it we're off to the distance you have a square with a circle in it got it now suddenly out of nowhere the little triangles and the big triangle the two triangles that were moving around in what seemed like chaos or maybe not maybe you had them going on in a pattern But suddenly, out of nowhere, the triangles stop. Both of them. Okay. Now, what happens now is one, the bigger triangle, suddenly points its nose, or that point toward the little triangle. The little triangle points its nose back and looks at it. And then there's something, something starts coming over. You start to hear something. You don't know what it is, but it's familiar, familiar sound. Now you're getting kind of, well, suddenly the big triangle starts moving toward the little triangle. And then suddenly you realize that the sound you heard it's a it's some kind of song or something I remember. And meanwhile, this big triangle starts plowing into the little triangle. Bam, bam. And it starts running into it aggressively. Three times it hits it. And after the third time, the little triangle is confused and hurting. It starts to back up as the as the big triangle comes toward it. Okay, that's bullying, is what we call it in real life. Bullying is happening. Okay? 
the big one's beating up the little one. Now wait, now you're supposed to have your eyes shut. Now, after the fourth time, they stop again, the triangles. They flip around so their nose is toward the front. And the big triangle starts to move, not toward the little triangle, but away from the little. And what happens is the little triangle now is following the big triangle. Okay. Now open your eyes. Okay, some of you might see where I'm going here, but some of you might not. You're like, why is he fucking making me look like triangles? And why do you make two little lesbian-like triangles? Well, why did you think they're lesbians? I just said they were two girls. The girls fought. And then one followed the other. You could have made them guys. They would do the same thing, almost. It's human nature how that happens. So you saw the triangles bully each other, or one bullied the other, okay? And then that one tended to follow the one that beat it up, right? That's how it goes. Okay, so as long as we got that, then I'm going to show you the real important part here. So I want you to close your eyes again. Bring back your two girl triangles, the bigger one and the smaller one. And don't forget about the square in the distance, the circle or the dot inside of it. Okay? Now, what happens? Well, out of nowhere, the big triangles starts to go at an extreme rate of speed toward the circle, toward the square and the circle. And of course, the little triangle is following as fast as this little thing can go. And then you realize what that music was. It was music that you were hearing right before I brought you back out. And it has started up again, and it is loud, and it is clear. And what is it that you're hearing? You're hearing the soundtrack of Jaws. No, 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 no. Okay. Now imagine that going really loud in your head as these two triangles are moving at a fast pace towards something, toward this poor little fucking circle inside its room, and it can't go anywhere. But here come these two big, they're booking. And you're, okay? And you, you know, holy crap. And it's getting louder and louder as they get closer and closer. And then you can see that the circle inside, the, it's a dot, the circle inside the square, there's an opening in the square, there's a door to get in. And what happens is this big triangle is going to go, go to try to get in the room and and the little triangles following it. And the, the little circle's looking and sees the big circle, the big triangle trying to get in the room. And it's boom, 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 boom. Can't fit through the door and it's trying to break through. 
it's like John, here's Johnny. And like, you know, in, in the movie about the crazy guy, got trying to get in the door. That's what's happening. The poor little triangle, tri, the poor little triangle behind the big triangle is giving it a push and trying to be on its side and help it. And the poor little like circle is scared seeing this huge big thing coming at it. And so it starts to back away because it sees the aggression coming toward it. Now, what are you doing at this moment, people? Fucking, you're projecting feelings onto inanimate objects. Okay, open your eyes. Now, that is human nature, what you did. And now I'm going to explain it. All that hype, all that you being scared for the little circle and the big angry, like, you now were putting emotional states on inanimate objects and giving them bullying powers. Like, those were two triangles and a circle inside of a square, and suddenly it's bullying and you have an emotional attachment to being scared for the little circle, and you don't like one of the triangles now because it's being mean you see how your mind did that because it's that comparative analysis to something you know by its actions of what it was doing by what i said it was doing you put emotional states on that and then put hate on it you had a dislike or a hate for the big triangle you had a scared sympathetic view for the little circle and the little triangle because the bigger one was bullying that's so fucked up, people. That's how fucked up you are. Emotional states on triangles. You should, but that's what we all do. And this is what I mean by we're putting projected human experiences, emotions, things onto inanimate objects or other things or overlaying other things. All that are based on a perpetual history of incorrect data. So you might be rooting for the wrong side, is what I'm saying. The bully might be the real right person. Maybe that bully sees something you don't see and is actually breaking in to save the circle from something that's about to fall on its head. But you don't see that. You only see what I was telling you to see. You only feel what you normally feel. You're not paying attention to everything else. You don't see anything else. Oh, how wrong you could have been when a big old block came down and, and it hit and killed the circle because the triangle didn't get in there quick enough to do it. And you were feeling fucking bad about it. That's what I'm saying is you don't know what's real and what's not. And those convictions that you have about those things, remember, they could be wrong. So always take the things that you think you know, know that you don't know everything about it and move forward with a grain of salt because everything you think you know you don't know shit so I'm going to let you take a little break there and start to think about these before we get into the next exercise and the next thought process um, because that's a lot of material to take in I'm going to take it we're going to take a break and we're going to try here in a few minutes um, and go from there <laughs> 